Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Zan Pearson. She's the CEO and president of Colorado Thought Leaders Forum, a revolutionary business community of passionate CEOs, executives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders committed to redefining the approach to leadership and business growth. Moving beyond the traditional bottom line focus in business, Colorado Thought Leaders Forum's mission is to develop a holistic approach with heart-level leaders committed to creating authentic, healthy, and prosperous cultures. With over 25 years of experience, Zan has a diverse background in leadership, consulting, marketing, business development, and corporate finance in Denver, Chicago, and New York. Prior to that, she was president of the subsidiary of the Chicago Bulls and White Sox devoted to community engagement, events, and youth programs. Zan strongly believes in personal and professional growth in her work, and she's devoted to authenticity through professional networking, relationship building, mentorship, and serving the community throughout her career. Welcome to the show, Zan. Thank you, Marissa. I love that you are a community leader and you're all about mentorship and serving others. So tell me a little bit about what drives you to do what you do and and how you got involved with the Colorado Thought Leaders. Oh, goodness. Well, that's a loaded question. Um, There are a lot lot of things. Um, You know, as I was, you know, I've built my career over the years and um, I think the older I got, you know, you start to be drawn towards the things that um, fill your heart, uh, I guess. And when I was in Chicago, I loved my job. Um, We did a lot of programs um, in the inner city for kids. um, And it was something I became really passionate about of how can I serve others. Um, I was involved in a mentorship program for women in sports and, and entertainment. And I loved that. Um, And then when we had the opportunity to move here uh, for my husband's job to Denver, um, I was kind of like, well, I'm going to take a little bit of time and figure out what I want to do next because I couldn't really do what I was doing in Chicago. I couldn't really do it in Denver because Chicago was unique in that um, Jerry Reinsdorf owns both teams, the Chicago Bulls and the White Sox. So they had this wholly owned subsidiary. Um, and it was just hard to replace and it was devoted to kids and doing things in the community and, um, no other team really had something like that on that scale. Um, so I was taking some time to think about what I wanted to do. And, um, in that break, when we first moved here, I went on a service trip to Honduras. Um, I'd always wanted to do one and I never had time off from work that I could just go pick up and go. And I went to work at a, uh, did a trip with a a group of people to a girl's orphanage. And it was to, you know, 
work on interviewing skills with um, some of the older girls or, um, you know, applying for school uh, colleges or teaching um, young mothers how what to cook and about nutrition and just all of those things. And um, when I was coming back from that trip, um, I decided to make a list and I made a list of all the things that I, that fills me, that makes me feel at the end of the day, I made an impact and the things that I enjoy. And then I made a list of all the things that I was good at um, professionally. And I just kind of started thinking through what, what role could I find that would build both into it? Because I loved that feeling when I was coming home. And it reminded me of the times in Chicago when I would leave a camp for autistic children, or we did something for um, in the inner city uh, for disadvantaged youth or at-risk youth. I would I, it felt those were the moments that I was the happiest, right? And um, so when I got back, I just started think, kind of thinking through um, different things. And um, I had met some women in Colorado Thought Leaders Forum and um, had thought about uh, joining the organization because um, I loved their mission. And when I was on their website, I see that they have an opening. They were looking for a CEO and president. And I was like, <gasps> went back to my list and I kind of started looking. Oh, yes. Because I decided whatever I did next, I had to be feel as though I was making an impact and helping people. I zeroed in on I'm really good at helping others and happiest when I'm helping others maximize their potential. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this was meant to be. So you found your purpose. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely found your purpose. Sorry, I'm, I was choking yeah. here because the air it's was okay. blowing. Uh, that you found your purpose and a lot of people don't know what that, what that is for a long time but you kind of followed your heart. Um, yeah. Was it, was it a risk for you? Were you in any position where it was a risk? Like what part of yeah. that was, was new oh, yeah. to you? Like, what were some of the things that did you have self doubt? Like when you jumped into that, how did you, how did you make that transition personally? Yeah. For you? Yeah. It was a risk because, but you know, so when I moved here, you know, the, my um, I colleagues who said, I'm going to introduce you to somebody over here, you know, at the Nuggets and I'll introduce you to somebody at the, and, you know, the, the sports industry in general is, is pretty small, you know, people know each other from different leagues and different industries, I mean, and different teams. And they, and so people are very good about referring you, me, you know, introducing you to somebody. And that what probably would have been the logical path for me to go down. Um, and so, and I had built a career in marketing. I had business development background. Um, I was considering some consulting positions, um, some fractional CMO positions. There was a lot of, op I had a lot of options. Um, and those would have been the, like the logical thing, I think. Um, 
and it was a risk, but my undergraduate degree, and this, this is where it comes for full circle for me. My, my undergraduate degree was in psychology and um, it was a concentration in organizational psychology. I thought I was going to get my PhD in organizational psychology. Um, and then life just took me down a different path, right? And um, and when I started looking at this opportunity and then having the interviews and talking to the people and talking to the staff and talking to the board, I it got me back to what I loved about organizational psychology, right? It, there's a reason I chose that many years ago. There was something inside me that drew me to it. And I just felt this energy again, you know, and like getting excited. And yeah, you know, you're right. We should have leaders should be focused on, um, we call it heart level leadership. And that um, means leading with, um, it's an acronym for humility, being engaged with your employees and your clients and your community and stakeholders authentic, you know, are you showing up as your true self? Or are you just kind of putting on airs? Um, are you being able to be vulnerable um, and admit what you don't know uh, and hire people who might? Are you um, regenerative? Um, meaning, do you have in your company culture diversity and diversity, thought diversity and diversity of experiences and upbringings and cultures to get those different perspectives? Are you creating roles where your employees can thrive? And um, are you serving others? You know, our T is for tr true to service. Are you serving others? Are you serving other leaders? Are you serving your community? Are you basically um, creating an impact for others? Um, and and realizing that business isn't necessarily about transactions as much as it is about the relationships and the impact that you have on other people, including your community and the broader world at large. And once I started talking to them, I was like, wow, like, I love this. It's the way I've tried to lead. It's what I believe in. And I could potentially help other leaders develop that in themselves to have a greater impact on the their employees that work for them. And ultimately it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win for me as a leader. It's a win for my employees. It's a win for my stakeholders and my clients. Um, and it's a win for our community because when you're driven with having an impact and purpose as a company and as a leader, everybody, it's like you'll succeed just by having that alone. Right. And, um, so it was a risk, but there was something that was just kept pulling me back to it, you know, and, um, I haven't regretted it. I love it. That's awesome. I think a lot of people, you know, they go to school, they get a degree for something and they, they change course quite often and, mm -hmm. and, but then they lose their passion. Right. And so you actually right. went back to that. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and having, having that passion that I had for my old job and steering it into 
something that I think attributed to my success at my old job, which was that I was very fortunate in that I had mentors who were heart-centered leaders. And I think that is what I attribute to my success. And and then I, I was fortunate to be in a job that was impactful. So it was easier for me to, when I looked back at what to do next, you know, it's, I'm at that stage in my life where I wanted whatever I did next to be, you know, long and the last thing I wanted to do and, and just stick with that. And um, so it had to fulfill me. And, and when I mentor people and I talk about um, finding success for me happened because I had two people that were great mentors for me who showed me what it meant to be a heart-centered leader. And if I could do that for others, it's a win-win, right? Because I get to have an impact, which I enjoy. I get to capitalize on my experience and I think what I'm good at. And I get back to that passion that I had for organizational psychology. So to me, it was um, to other outside looking in, it was a natural fit, but from the outside looking in, I think I surprised a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) How would you, how would you say, so two things about the people that are your clients, you probably, you know, there's not a lot of heart centered leaders out there, or maybe there is, but but, you know, there's a lot that are not. So um, do you find a lot of resistance for those of you that you work with? And then the second part of this question is, what is the most common aha moment for your clients when they work with you? Um, so I think there are a lot more heart-centered leaders out there than people think. And Um, I think there needs to be a lot more though, right? Like, I don't think it's the majority of leaders. And um, I would say that most of the people, because CTLF, we're a business community. It's an organization that you can join and it's got events that you can attend um, that are meant to inspire and be on topics of thought leadership and heart-centered values as a leader that you can learn from. But then we also have um, a bunch of different programs. So wherever you are on your leadership journey and you're like, oh, I could really use um, help focusing on my business development and so we've got a program for that. And, but, you know, you might be more of like, I need to work on integration of personal and professional development. I've got issues. I, we've got a program that's for that, right? Like, so we've got different programs that you can sign up for. And I think the biggest aha moment I have had with leaders were, I mentioned this, this business development program that we have. And a lot of them are used to maybe used to a lot of people might be used to going to a networking event where you're just passing out cards to try to get more business. And that's not like what we do, right? We build in connection exercises where you're getting to know each other and trust each other and developing mutual respect such that if I reach out to you and I say, Marissa, I need, um, 
you know, I'm struggling, you know, I, I'm trying to meet somebody at this company and they're like, well, I know somebody at that company, but if I'll send you a warm introduction to somebody at that company and the, and that client, that person that you send the introduction to, they know and respect you and have a relationship with you. So they're going to take the meeting because you referred this person and they trust you. And so we try to focus in on, it's about relationships. It's not about transaction. It's not about handing somebody your business card. It's about building a relationship with people and it will come back to you tenfold because, you know, you might get a no, not right now, but if that person knows that you are somebody that they trust, they respect, they have a relationship and they want to help you, they are going to help you. Right. And down the road, I just, I enjoy connecting to people that, you know, someone over here wants to meet. If I think these two people should meet because they would be more successful if they just got to know each other, I'll just make the introduction. Be, I don't get anything out of it, but except for the fact that I feel great that two people that I admire and respect now can meet each other and mo- maybe both of them can benefit from that, right? And so I think the biggest aha moment uh, that I've gotten from somebody, a leader, has been when you know, they were like, you know, it's a little too touchy feely, you know, that's a little too touchy feely, <laughs> you know, I'm just here to get a business card or whatever it is. And I'm like, you know, just, you know, try it and see. And suddenly they start seeing that, hold on, it's not really, you know, I'm just building a relationship with these people. And as a result, now they trust me. And and, you know, they respect me and, and for lack of a better w- word, I heard a lot, well, like they, that group became my tribe and, and they were shocked by that of like, you know, I was just going to this business connection, networking thing, but it's become more than that. Like now I, I want to go to these meetings and it's, it's that this is a group that no matter what happened, if I lost my job tomorrow, they're going to help me find another job. Like it, it's that, that he, they built, it's because they built a relationship. And I think that was one of my first aha moments. Um, another, or that I, I noticed with somebody that we worked with another common aha moment is with people who leaders who really didn't understand, um, well, just recent, last, last uh, two weeks ago, we had an event called, uh, uh, it's our spring keynote event. And we had a speaker called Dr. Tasha Yurik. And she wrote the book Insight. And it's about self-awareness in leaders. And I see... I saw a lot of aha moments at that one where she, her, she makes a a point in her research that 90% of leaders think that they are self-aware. They would rate them as being self-aware and the number is actually closer to 10 to 15%. And it's because we spend a lot of time on introspection. A lot of leaders, you know, do introspect a lot of introspection, but we don't spend as much time on the external self-awareness. And unfortunately, the more senior we get, the less likely people are to tell you the truth. And 
her argument in her book, and she gives wonderful exercises that, um, so that you can become more internally self-aware as well as externally self-aware. And I had a lot of leaders at that event coming up to me and going, I'm going back and doing these exercises with my team because I need, I realized I haven't spent time on external self-awareness and understanding how I'm showing up for my employees or for my clients, you know, and maybe they're just too intimidated to tell me, you know what, you can come across as brash or you can come across as dismissive when that's not their intent. And, um, and so there was a lot of aha moments with that. And then the last one I would say that you get is people um, underestimating the power of vulnerability. And um, a lot of people, as they get more senior, think that they have to, people expect them to know everything. And that's so not true, right? Nobody knows everything. The people that are really successful recognize what they they don't know and what they're not good at. And they hire people around them who are good at that or who do know, who know those things and being willing to um, be vulnerable with your staff, with your clients, if you screw up, admitting that you screw up um, sets a wonderful example for everyone else in the organization and the culture that guess what, we're going to make mistakes. And, you know, a lot of CEOs are perfectionists. I'm, I was born a professional. I've always been a perfectionist. Um, I had to learn how to fail. And it took one of those role models that I mentioned to you who, who basically said to me at one point, you know, Zan, you're just, you're leaving oper- because you're a perfectionist, you're leaving opportunity on the table. Your feel of fear of failure is leaving opportunity on the table. And that was a personal aha moment for me that as a perfectionist, you never want to leave opportunity on right. the table. <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, you're right. I am. And as a perfectionist, I don't want to leave opportunity on the table. And so I had to learn how to quit fearing failure and take more chances. And um, I think that I see that even with the leaders that are in our organization or that are interested in professional development, um, that that's a hard one to, to embrace is that that you have to, you have to stop fearing failure. Yeah, it's you know it's amazing how your teams do respect you when you own up to your mistakes and you, yes. and you own up to what you don't know and and basically you're saying, hey, yes, I'm the leader, but we're in this together. And here's what mm-hmm. I don't know, and let's try to figure it out together. Let's try to pick each other up. Or here's where I could have done better, and I learned from it. How let's move forward from it. And, and it's so yes. important. That you'll you'll see the team. I mean, they'll rally around each other, and they'll they want. And then it's and then when you have when you fix it and you have the success, it's it's this communal effort where everyone is super proud of it because you may we you know we admitted a failure. We didn't think we all came together to brainstorm the ideas and make it better. And what came out of it was better than what we were attempting to do the first time anyway. Right. So it just, 
um, that power of vulnerability, um, I think is hard uh, for a lot of people. And I don't think they fully recognize it until they start experiencing the power behind it. And you're actually allowing, you're, you're basically opening it up to your teams to say, it's okay to be vulnerable. And, and yeah. it you know, alleviates the fear that they might have to come with you with mistakes or where they might have you know, failed. Um, and I think very, being very ready, like, you know, I, I will say if when you, when you model vulnerability like that, you'll usually hear about your employees mistakes before anybody, any client from them before any other client or, right. or stakeholder or anybody tells you because they're like, oh, I just need to tell you I screwed up and that's okay. We're all human. We're going to make mistakes. Right. Exactly. And, and so I think that that is something that is, is hard for people to model. Well, great advice. I loved having you on the show. Where can people Thank find you? you? Uh, it's ctlf.org. And, okay. um, and if they want to reach out to me, do you want me to give a, my email address or just look uh, no, us up I'll, on put, CT? I'll, I'll put the contact in the, in the okay. bio. You'll see that. Okay. Well, you can yeah, say it if you want to. It's well, we're Colorado Thought Leaders Forum and our website is ctlf.org. That's in I'm the CEO and president, Sam Pearson. Fantastic. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.